The turkey's already thawed out. No? <laughs> Haven't slung it yet? Um, tonight we're doing something a little bit special. We have a, a couple of families. They're going to share uh, uh, some of the things that have occurred over the past year and, and, uh, and why um, Thanksgiving, this Thanksgiving, is, uh, is special to them. So we're going to have them share. I'll come up afterwards and, uh, and tie things together. But uh, I know they're both waiting to find out who's going to be first. So uh, if Abe and Willow would come on up, we'll start with you guys. When we uh, started thinking about putting information together about what happened in this last year, we, um, we kind of had to laugh <laughs> because we had never sat down and thought about all the difficulties that have happened in this last year and how God is pulled us through it and made us stronger because of it. Um, the spiritual growth that happened due to those trials and hardships was the thing that we're most thankful for. Um, I don't know if we thought that going through those trials, uh, we weren't think so thankful all the time, but uh, you, you can look back and see there was a lot of growth in our family. We've been married four and a half years and uh, you see God really gluing the family together and growing closer to Him in unity uh, the most of any year since we've been married and, uh, and the body with you guys. And uh, through those hardships, you know, and it took those to get our attention. And God I felt like God was asking us, are you going to serve me no matter what? And He really tested us um, in many areas of our life, from health to our children and uh, financial in all those areas, he tested us. I don't know if test is the right word, but are you still going to, am I still going to be your king? Are you going to still praise my name? Are you still going to count it all joy? And uh, we still are, and we're so thankful. He held us together, and um, we're just singing praises to him and thankful for him that he kept our family together in all those, uh, those difficult times. I don't know if you want to expand on any of that. Well, um, what he means by kept our family together is that last November we um, finished our court battle over the custody of our girls and lost a lot of our time with them. And um, that was very difficult for us. We had had um, most of the custody of them until that time. Um, and because of that, we... Uh, were made to pay a lot of child support. <laughs> and because of that, Abe had to get another job. And um, for this other job, he had to have a physical. <laughs> and in the physical, he found out that he has diabetes. And um, 
it's kind of funny how that kind of trickles down to that and how that all of those things um, drastically changed our life. They were blessings in disguise. We, you know, we wouldn't, with all that, uh, wouldn't have found out the diabetes for a while. So in order to have to get that other job was a blessing in disguise, you know, to get, have to get that. And so, um, you know, Abe has, in the last year, lost quite a bit of weight and gotten his diabetes to where it's at a very controllable stage. And... Um, he was able, praise God, to ride in a very long bike tour this summer and um, help raise money for orphans in Africa. And speaking of orphans, most of you guys know that last spring we, um, God just really laid it on both of our hearts to um, adopt. And so we've spent this last year... Um, filling out lots of paperwork and really praying and seeking God in this. And um, we know that we're doing what God wants us to do. And like A was sharing, through all these things, through all of our trials and the adoption and getting everything ready and all the paperwork, all the, all the everything, God has just really taken our family and binded us together to where even when we have bad days, we still love each other and can say that to each other um, and brought our children to a a newer level of, of love for each other and um, for us. You know, we each have two stepchildren in our marriage and it's really I think brought us all closer together and brought us closer to God and made us know that we can trust in him and rely on him no matter what and we know that he's working all these things for his good which will be for our good and that we just walk by faith through all those things and he's increased our faith tremendously and uh, we, yeah, he gives us just enough information to keep going, and we keep stepping out uh, day by day and walk by faith. And uh, I remember him clearly telling me uh, through the adoption when it looked like uh, it wasn't going to happen or we couldn't do it. And he, he said the way I was going to go wasn't faith, you know. And he said we just walk by faith. And uh, I think that's another big lesson we've learned this year, and we're very thankful for that he's taught us that, you know. I, I lost a job uh, this fall, got laid off, and the next day the Lord provided. That job that I had to get, that second job, uh, became a full-time job this fall. And that's another blessing in disguise, you know. Um, so I didn't miss any work. The next day they put me on full-time. And uh, so praise the Lord. God's always providing and looking after us, and we just have to trust in Him and not try to do it our ways, and we're so thankful for that. And thank you for letting us share. Is there anything else you want? Was that long enough? That's great. That's great. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you so much for Abe and Willow, God. I thank you, Lord, for uh, just how you've brought them through so many things this year. And, and Lord, we do lift up a continuing concern, Father, uh, that you would be Yahweh, Yireh, uh, their provider, Lord God, that you would meet every need, Lord Father. We praise you and thank you. We ask, God, that you would just open the doors for their, uh, for their adoption, Lord. We pray, God, that you would uh, just uh, give them the ability, Father God, and uh, that all their paperwork would fall into place, the funding would fall into place, Lord God, and that you be glorified as, uh, as they bring a, a little girl home to be a part of their family. And we just pray all these things, Lord God, we thank you for your providence in, in all these different ways, Lord, as we uh, just lift them to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Please. I also want to say thank you for uh, our family, our church family, and uh, thank you guys very much for your prayers. I know there's a lot of you praying, a lot of people aren't here too, but and thank you for letting us serve here, and thank you. everybody <laughs> she's, she's accustomed to this I'm I'm totally nervous here uh, I'll let you start go ahead well <laughs> um, this has been a real trying year for us um, since since January <laughs> um, the Lord has literally just turned our lives upside down and um, we're still not out of the woods yet, <laughs> almost, but not quite. And so, um, but he has brought us through every single trial and every single little thing and has met our needs um, with everything we've needed. And it's been, it's been nice to see how the Lord works everything out for his good. Um, sometimes we don't see it right at that time, but it does eventually <laughs> come through. <laughs> Your turn. Uh, I can't tell you... Uh how much it is just to be held by God. Uh, I see a lot of people that don't have the Lord, and, and I just have to reach out to them and tell them, you know, there's so much better when you, when you have the Lord in your heart, with you, holding you, taking care of you. Um, this year has been so trying. In January, uh, we noticed a decline in our work. I work clear up north in Fairfield, Haley, and uh, do a lot of traveling. And uh, in the construction market, our, our jobs went from turning people away to zero. And uh, I ended up turning around and uh, going back to, to a blessing the Lord gave me a, a long time ago of, of my mechanic skills to... Uh, not not even missing a beat. I mean, it, I can remember praying one night, and the Lord just blessed us the next day, and I had a job with uh, Sun Valley Bronze mechanicing for them, and uh, I never, I mean, we never wanted anything. He took care of us all the way through that. 
Uh, he also, you know, took care of us to the point of it was above and beyond. It was, it was almost a better job. It was in a warmer climate. I didn't have to work outside in the wintertime, and it was such a blessing. And it's been a blessing to now. Uh, I also did some other construction work on the side, and uh, this summer I fell off a backhoe and ruined, damaged my back. And uh, for those of you who know, I'm going into surgery like Friday morning, 7.30. Uh, that was a, a trying a trying deal in itself. Uh, Jackie uh, blessed me with his presence the other day. <laughs> it was uh, uh, workman's comp was obviously dragging their feet and didn't want to help us out with, you know, the payment of this. And I mean, I was in prayer and I just, it just wouldn't come and my patience was very thin and I just didn't know what to do. And, and I just had to literally set back and relax in his in his hands until he until he made the way it's his fight it's not our fight and and in Jehoshaphat here in Chronicles is where I was studying and I brought this to Debbie and she's like you know this is us this is when he was going against the Moabites and the Amorites and uh, he took it right to the Lord, right from the get-go. And the Lord told him, it's not your fight, it's my fight. You rest in me, you have faith in me, and I will bring you through. And he, you know, the soldiers of Judah did not even raise a sword. I mean, they went out to fight, but when, when it come time to fight, the Lord had fought their battles. It's... I mean, it was us all the way through. There's been uh, a few other trying things I'll let Debbie elaborate a little bit on. But, but you know, my thankfulness this year goes straight to the Lord. I am so blessed to have a, a church family that loves us, um, that cares for us, and, and to be in his hands is is just so powerful to me. And and Jackie and Kathy, you know, to be there for us, you know, it's just such a blessing. Fritz, to be there for us, all of you, has been such a blessing for us. And lifting Alan, there's, there's just too many people that just have just totally touched our lives because of God. And, and I just can't thank him enough. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever been, shall we say, in trouble with the IRS. <laughs> we managed to get audited this year for two years in a row at the same time. <laughs> and so we have been spending since June trying to deal, deal with the IRS. And as everybody knows, they're not the easiest people in the world to deal with. <laughs> they're very difficult. But um, anyway, we've managed to get this far, and um, I was handling everything on my own, and it was just a nightmare. And I finally just told Jeff, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and um, anyway, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to be stuck with this. But Jeffrey, being the great husband that he is, felt led to hire a tax man, and I was like, oh, yes, thank you. 
And so that has just been such a relief and such a blessing to me because I just could not do it. <laughs> I could not do it. Um, it was just, you know, among, among other things, I mean, we just, you know, our whole, like I said, our whole life has just been turned upside down. Everything from Jeff's layoff and then Ross left for the military and, and, and then it was just, it was just amazing. Everything that happened and, um, just was so out of the ordinary. We had gotten in a comfort zone, and um, this year we were definitely taken out of our comfort zone. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and so um, I don't know if Jeff wants me to share this or not, but <laughs> it's open book. <laughs> okay. So, like in I think it was June, July. Anyway, June. June. Um, the Lord told Jeff that he would be changing his life drastically before the end of the year. And so it's definitely happening. Jeff is facing six weeks off work after Friday, and so um, which he's never, ever been in this position. We've never been in this position in 25 years. <laughs> so um, it's definitely, we have definitely had a change, and the Lord is definitely bringing us through it step by step and day by day. And as of yesterday, too, with the workers' comp thing, hour by hour, literally hour by hour. And so, and we're just so thankful to have all you guys praying for us, and we love all of you. And I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Don't be running no place. I seen you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for Jeff and Debbie, Lord. I thank you, God, that uh, Father, you uh, you spoke a word. To, to Jeff and and uh, Lord, you're calling him and you're moving and you're shaping their lives, Lord. And uh, whenever the the potter says to the clay, it's time to reform you. It's it's not always a, a pleasant thing at the time, but I praise you that it is always good. And Lord, I thank you for being their provision, Lord. I thank you that you carry them. Minute by minute through the challenges that they face, Lord, we lift up the ones that uh, are still lying before them, Lord. And I know, God, that, Father, you are their banner, their victory, Lord Jesus. And ultimately, Father, you're going to just carry them through, Lord. We thank you at this time as we consider just all the things that we have to be thankful for. Lord, we thank you for their family. We thank you for their friendship and their service. And we thank you, God, that indeed they are in your hands moment by moment. So we lift them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Tonight we wanted to kind of take some time and, and consider... Kind of what this day is all about. I mean, tomorrow we're all going to sit around and eat a big old, big old fat turkey, I hope, and a pile of stuffing and gravy, mashed potatoes. Kathy's not going to have no cranberries at our table because we don't do cranberries. But we're going to have an extra helping of bread, all them things that we love so well. And we're going to sit around and we're going to eat till we can't eat no more. And uh, if we had TV, I'd turn on a football game, and I'd sit on a couch, and I'd fall asleep, wake up wondering what happened in the football game, thinking, man, this is living. We set aside, Abraham Lincoln set aside a day 
a day a year, became a national holiday when we would just focus on those things for which we are thankful. But like so many other holidays, right, it just becomes uh, another kind of cool day to get together with family and, and experience good things. But I don't want us to miss what God's calling us to, what God's calling for us, what he wants us to gain from it. So we're going to just take a couple of moments tonight and take a look at some scripture. If you open up the book of Leviticus, I know many of you on your way here were hoping, Lord, please let us be in Leviticus tonight. Well, I just want you to know your prayers have been answered. Leviticus chapter 22. Leviticus 22, verse 29 and 30. So it shouldn't be too painful. It says this, Now, when you offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will. The Lord laying out the offerings that were to come. There was a peace offering, a sin offering, a burnt offering, and there was a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And that sacrifice of thanksgiving, all the other ones, they had prescribed days when they were to be offered. But the sacrifice of thanksgiving had no prescribed day. The sacrifice of thanksgiving was this. Hey, when you want to do it, do it. When you want to give that sacrifice, and notice what it says. It says a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Sometimes being thankful costs us something. Sometimes it costs us our perspective. We can all look at a situation two different ways, can't we? I wake up in the morning and I climb out of bed and the fire went out the night before and my Hardwood floors are minus 22 degrees when my bare feet hit the hardwood floors. I could complain. Man, that sure is cold. Or I could be thankful. Thank God I got a floor to put my feet on. I've been a lot of places, folks, where they get out of bed, the whole family sleeping in one bed, and they put their feet on dirt. And their walls are grass. There are a lot of people still live that way. How are we going to choose to offer up our attitude? Because we can offer up an attitude anyway, right? And I don't know about you guys, but my tending is to offer up a grumpy attitude. Somewhere along the line, that became fun for me. (laughs) It's not so fun for Kathy. I don't don't think she likes it. Because as you know, if you know my wife, she is not ever grumpy. She's this... Bubbly, happy, glass is always full, even if it is half empty. So, I have this, I have this, this kind of a, an attitude, it's, my, it's, it's what I would tend to. But listen, God says that I am to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. It's a sacrifice. It's a choice. How are we going to look at things? I was in Israel, uh, probably, I don't know, eight or ten years ago, I was there with a friend of mine. And we were going around the, the streets around Galilee, and he has a djembe, a hand drum, and I had a guitar, and we're just doing worship out on the street. It was one of the coolest times ever in my life to be sitting around in Israel doing worship. Not to mention we're just in the open air, and while we're out there playing, we didn't know, 
God ordained, we end up on a street which is a street fair. We started, there was nobody there. So we're playing and then little by little they show up and they're, they're booths and they set up all these things. And pretty soon <clears throat> folks are walking by and <laughs> the sad thing is they, they keep flicking shekels into my guitar case. I, I was starting to feel guilty. I was just trying to praise the Lord and, and I was making shekels. I don't know what you do with a shekel. But when you're in Israel, you can find something to do with it. Well, we're there and we're praising the Lord. Here come these kids. Just, we saw kids from the military. Hair shaved. You know, they're serving their two years mandatory service in Israel. Right next to a kid with dreadlocks all the way down his back. And they're both coming up and they're, they're wanting to take a turn on the guitar and, and, and play songs. And we're just having a neat time. And they began to ask us why we were there. And we began to minister. And I remember one of the kids, he said to me, he says, how can you, you Christians say things like the, the nation of Israel, they're the Jews or God's chosen people. I mean, have you ever spent any time and looked at our history? We've been thrown out of every country we've ever been in. It seems like the, everywhere we go, people hate us. I don't know how you could possibly say that we're God's chosen people, that, that God has his hand on us. And so we, we shared a little bit out of the word and, and, and tried to direct them to what God's word was laying out. And they were a little bit confused still. And, and, I, and I told them, I says, well, listen, what's the biggest problem facing your country today? Now, you think they'd say terrorism or... You know, the people around him. Israel's a pretty small place. Every neighbor wants to kill him. And he said, well, the biggest problem facing us is water. The only source of fresh water is the Sea of Galilee. From the Sea of Galilee, they draw all their fresh water. And it's a drought. The Sea of Galilee is the lowest it had been in 20 years. If they don't have that fresh water, it's not like a friend or a neighbor is going to say, oh, have some of ours. So they felt like that was their biggest need. And I said, listen, here's what you need to understand. Tomorrow, the clouds could form, storm could come, the rain could come. And I said, and when that happens, you'll have a choice. You'll have a choice. You can look up and you can thank the clouds, or you can thank the God of heaven who brought you rain and solved your problem. And we talked for a while more, and then we parted ways. The next morning, me and my friend Chris, we got up and we went out and we got on the tour bus to go on our tour. And it was pouring. And I remember thinking, man, I wish I could be where that dude is right now. I mean, what did he do? Did he look up in the heavens and thank God for his provision? Or did he just thank the clouds? Sure is lucky, you know. Or did he curse it because his hair is getting wet? I mean, we've faced with choices, right? God says an offering of thanksgiving is a free will offering. Anytime we want to give it, we should give it. But we also need to know it's for us. Look at verse 30. On the same day it will be eaten, and you will leave none of it until the morning, for I am the Lord. The thanksgiving offering was one of the offerings they got to eat together. They would share in that, in that offering as it was there on the, on the barbecue, on the altar. Some of it would, would we just stay on the altar and go to heaven. The smoke rising to heaven, it was as though God was sharing a meal with you. 
And you and your family would gather around, but you ate every drop. You know why? Because when you gave a sacrifice of thanksgiving, it brought satiation. That means it satisfies. When we learn to give a sacrifice of thanksgiving, it satisfies. It satisfies a need inside of us. It helps us experience peace and joy. It helps us understand all those things that God has all wrapped around what? Sacrifice. Sacrifice of thanksgiving. It satisfies. And we need to realize way back the Lord laid that out for us. Well, as you consider that, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. Taking a look at verse 15. <clears throat> Hebrews 13, 15. The Lord, through the writer of Hebrews, says, Therefore, by Him, let us continually offer, what? The sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. How? Giving thanks to His name. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Again, what is the writer of Hebrews calling it? A sacrifice. Because it takes effort. I, I, whenever I think of a sacrifice, guys, I always think of David. David disobeyed the Lord. And he numbered the children of Israel. And when he numbered the children of Israel, God brought a plague. And the children of Israel were dying. And David knew it was his fault. You know, there's nothing really worse than experiencing someone else's pain caused by you and knowing it's all my fault. I'm not the one paying. Somebody else is paying. And David, he, he, he ran out and he, and he besought the Lord and he repented and he cried out to God and, and the angel of the Lord heard David and he stopped the plague. And the place where David was when all that took place is a place you and I know of today as the Temple Mount. <coughs> And David offered a sacrifice. He was offering the sacrifice. The man that owed, that owned that field, he owned that place on top of the Temple Mount. He came to David and he said, David, here, man, have my oxen, have the wood. You can have the land. It's all yours. You know what David said? I will never give God something that costs me nothing. And he bought it all. He bought the sacrifice. He bought the wood. He bought the land. And that's a place today where the temple would stand. Where the dome of the rock is today. That land purchased by David as a sacrifice to God. So when I think and I read this and I say, offer continually the sacrifice of praise. Man, I think about that. When I think about sacrifice, it costs us something. It costs us something. It, it's if we sit around and we think that this wave of thanksgiving is going to flood us every day, and all of a sudden we're going to wake up, woohoo, I'm so thankful for this and, and thankful for that. No, it's a choice we got to make. It's a choice we make in the circumstances that we see and the things we face. Will you offer the sacrifice of praise? Will you offer it? And we come together and we gather and we spend time in worship. When we spend time in worship, it's not really about how well we can sing, 
how well we can play, how <clears throat> any of those, it's all about giving an opportunity to offer a sacrifice of praise. The praise of our lips, the fruit of our lips offered up to Him. Let us continually offer that sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice, because my flesh doesn't want to be thankful, but we are called continually to give that sacrifice. As you consider that, turn to Philippians chapter 4 with me. Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 4. Love Philippians. Philippians is a book all about how to have joy. Making that choice to have joy. Joy, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Philippians 4, 4 said, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. By the way, that's a command. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. God is offering up that command. Hey, be one who's looking for an opportunity to thank God. Not to curse it. You know, I, I, here's, a, here's where the rubber meets the road. Me, Fritz, and Brian are coming home Saturday night from a men's retreat. And we've all been having a, a good chuckle at how many times I can get pulled over in Idaho. I'm really working on it. I'm working. I, I know I'm not right. I'm not saying I am. It's, uh, it's a struggle I got. Saturday night, we're coming home, and <clears throat> we're pulling into to Shoshone. And as we're pulling into Shoshone, every, every time we pull into a town, Fritz would remind me, Hey, Jackie. Hey, these guys aren't, they have no grace. They'll give you a ticket. I assume that means I was speeding. So we come into Shoshone, and I'm kind of driving, and we're talking. And all of a sudden, I look up, and I see 25. You know, now, I have no idea what I was going, but I promise it wasn't 25. Probably wasn't very close to it. And so I see the sign. I hit my brakes. I slow down at 20. I'm trying to be good. I slow down at 25. No kidding. As soon as I slow down, I look over to the left. There's a policeman right there. I get maybe 20 feet down the road. He flips around behind me, pulls me over. So, and then, and then do you ever notice how police ask you those trick questions, right? Do you know why I have pulled you over? Uh, because you know I have a warrant and I'm wanted for drug trafficking. In the, I mean, I don't know what exactly I'm supposed to confess to, but I start getting nervous when they do that. And so I assume you pull me over for speeding. And he says, no. <laughs> so that was nice. <coughs> but while I was coming down the road, out in the middle of no place, while we were going over through the, the hills and the turns coming into Shoshone, a police officer went flying by us the other way. And uh, so he said, well, I got called by that guy, and he said that you didn't yield to him as he was coming down you should have pulled over so he said i'm just giving you a warning hey just make sure when you see that that you that you get over and i says oh okay you know i'm sorry and uh and so he he runs my license to make sure i'm not an axe murderer and then he turns me loose five minutes before i get pulled over again (laughs) five minutes down the road, headed in, now, I, I don't know, we're on our way toward Jerome. I don't know where we were from Shoshone to Jerome, but I just know we were in wide open spaces, kind of looked like a freeway, highway, you know, and we're cruising. And uh, see, California guys, we got freeways. 
And the guys on the other side can't come over and get you. There's a big wall between you. But it doesn't work that way in Idaho. And sure enough, I'm cruising down the road. And all of a sudden, I see this car spinning out and turn around, come up behind me and pulls me over. Five minutes. He comes up. And I, fortunately, I wasn't too bad over the speed limit as per other times. So, so he says, listen, I'm just going to give you a warning. But I got to run your license. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. Serious. When he runs my license, what's the first thing that's going to pop up? Five minutes ago, he was stopped by somebody else. So he goes back and, and he comes back up to the window. Fortunately, he's on Fritz's side. So if he was going after me, he had to get through Fritz first. He was, he was watching out for me. Fritz said he felt like he was the one breaking the law. And so he said, he said, did you just get pulled over five minutes ago? I said, yeah. He says, you having a bad night or what? <clears throat> Sorry. Would you please slow down? He, he still gave me the warning and cut me loose. <clears throat> now, from that time to the time I got home, I'm trying not to be mad. Now, I'm not mad because I got pulled over. I'm just mad about the whole deal, trying to get all that stuff worked out. So, I mean, come on, I'm just trying to get home and I can't slow down enough to make it there. Not Nobody's fault but mine. But I'm getting bummed about all that stuff. And then I start thinking about it, flipping it, right? You can look at it like, what, what is this all costing me? Or you can look at it like, what, what was the point behind that? Why God have me stop five minutes? What was that policeman that went racing by? Where was he headed? Uh, what was going on? What did, we, what did we miss? When we first tried to leave the, the men's retreat, my headlights wouldn't come on. So we, we drove all the way down the snow road, the dirt road, to the highway with no headlights, thinking they're going to come on sooner or later. <laughs> and they did, didn't they? They came on, and, and, but we had to wait about an extra 20 minutes longer. What was the point behind all those things? We can look at it and say, ah, oh, the stupid truck, or I can't believe how dumb I am that I, I can't just drive the speed. How hard is that? Just drive the speed limit. We can look at all those things, or we can flip it and say, you know, in all of that stuff, God is still working and moving and doing good. You're beautiful, man. I just got to tell you. Oh, that's good. Did that sound like I needed some water? <laughs> I did. Ah, oh, man, that's good. So, how are we going to look at it? Are we going to offer up continually sacrifice of praise? Or are we going to let the situation dictate how we feel? You know, we heard tonight from a couple of, of, of families that have had challenges. You can look at the challenges and allow that challenge to shape who you are and what you're doing and what's happening in your life. Or you can give that challenge to the Lord and say, this is God. He's going to mold and make this into what he wants it to be. I can trust him. And I can thank him that I'm here. My past, <clears throat> mine and Kathy's, we have a, mostly me, have a testimony of a lot of ugly stuff. I just want you to know, I wouldn't trade any of it. I wouldn't trade any of it because all along that journey it made me what I am now. God developing character within me. We want to have an attitude 
of thanksgiving. In Philippians 4, let your gentleness be known to all men. Verse 5, for the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for what? Nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in what? Everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Imagine that, huh? With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what happens? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, we're not to be anxious for, we're to be anxious for nothing. We've been over this, right? Careful study of the Greek. Nothing means nothing. If it's a thing, it's something. And therefore, you're not to be anxious for it. Because you're to be anxious for no thing. Nothing that enters into your life. Whether it's a loss of a job, back surgery on Friday, IRS tax audit. If there's not something to make you wake up in a cold sweat. You know, all of those things. But what's the Bible say? Be anxious for nothing. And in everything, make your request known. Pray. We're to go seek the Lord. Not anxious. I got to lay it at his feet. How many times we got to lay it at his feet? Many times as it takes. How many times you pick it back up? I have people ask me all the time, how many times do I have to lay it at his feet? Well, as often as you take it back. If you take it back, put it back. Leave it at his feet. In prayer and supplication, make your request known and with thanksgiving. That's that choice, right? That sacrifice that says, hey, I'm going to be thankful for this situation. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to worry about it. Which of us in worry can add one inch to our stature? None of us. This is what Jesus said. Well, if by worrying you can't change anything, why do you worry? Be anxious for nothing. Pray about everything. Have thanksgiving. And what happens? The peace of God will rule in your heart. The peace of God. You want to experience the peace of God that passes all understanding. That peace that nobody else can understand, you're going to find it by being anxious for nothing, praying for everything, and giving thanks. And you give thanks, you're going to experience that peace that passes all understanding. And this peace will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, if we're finding ourselves in a bog, we're bound up. We're not moving forward. We're struggling. We need to realize something. It's probably an attitude of thanksgiving. Once a year, as a nation, we we look at it. We are thankful for what God has done for us. But God's word calls us to be thankful all the time. Every day, attitude of thanksgiving. And when I notice that I'm getting under it and I'm starting to lose heart, that's a sign to me I'm not being thankful. I'm being anxious. I'm not bringing all my things to the Lord. Because if I'm bringing it to the Lord, I'm anxious for nothing. I have an attitude of thanksgiving. What did God's word promise? The peace of God would rule over my heart. It would guard my heart. Jesus said men ought always to pray and not lose heart. But in our world today, you could probably characterize our world by that one simple phrase. We lose our heart. We get it, start going through the motions, doing what we do because that's what we do. But, 
But where's, where's the purpose behind it? It's all found in that relationship with the Lord. It's in that attitude of thanksgiving. When can we offer that sacrifice of thanksgiving? God says free will. You can offer it anytime you want. And God wants to partake of that sacrifice with you. He wants to sit down beside you and enjoy that as well. Jeff, when we went uh, driving around, we were driving around Twin yesterday, had to run some errands. And when we started the errands, Jeff didn't have approval for his surgery yet. He was a little bit anxious about what was going to happen, whether or not that was going to come through. 20 minutes after he said that, he had approval for his surgery and things began to kind of fall into place. But he shared with me that scripture that he shared with you. And I'm, I'm going to share it a little more in depth. But this story in the Old Testament about what can happen when we're willing to offer the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, what God's able to do. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We'll wrap things up here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It says now, It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. So Jehoshaphat is having a bad day. Little more than the name his parents gave him. Now he's got all these armies coming against him. The same came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you. Uh, They're coming from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Gedi is the place where David hid in the caves. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all of Judah. So he says, hey, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? So he says, hey, uh, forget all this other stuff. I'm going to proclaim a fast and just seek the Lord. I'm going to seek the Lord. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. And this is his prayer. O Lord God of our fathers, are you not the God in heaven? Do you not rule over all the kingdoms and nations in your hand? Is there not power and might? so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, forever? Well, they dwell in it and have built you a sanctuary in it for your names, saying, If disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out to you, in our affliction, and you will hear and save. So he kind of recites all the things God had done for them, how he'd given them their country, how he, the things that, how God had moved and worked in their life. He's offering up this prayer. Hey, you're always there for us, God. You've always been there before, and you will always be there for us. Here's the situation. He says, now here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you do not... whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Here they are, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of the possession which you have given us to inherit. O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this multitude that is coming against us. 
nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Hey, Jehoshaphat's faced with a problem he don't know what to do with. What do you do when you're faced with a problem you don't know how to solve? Take it to God and you give it to Him. What do you do with a problem you know how to solve? You take it to God and you give it to Him. In everything, be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, make everything known to God. With thanksgiving. And then God will give us that peace that passes understanding. So this is what Jehoshaphat is doing. Now all Judah with their little ones, their wives, their children stood before the Lord. And the Lord, or the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and your inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Hey, they're all there praying. They're gathered together in an, in an opportunity to corporately worship, offer up praise and thanksgiving to God. And a prophet stands up from the midst and he comes forward and says, Hey, Jehoshaphat, God wants you to know it's not your battle. It's his. It's not your battle, Jehoshaphat. Tomorrow, he said, go down against them and they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the brook where the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle, but position yourselves, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. Man, if you like to write in your Bibles, that's a good one to remember. Draw little stars around, circle, I love that. I love that when he says, you don't need to fight. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. Trust God. No matter what this year brings, next year brings, some of us tonight, we have challenges we can't even imagine just around the bend. But even in those, God says, don't be anxious for anything. The battle is not yours, it's mine. You stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Now, that's hard for us guys, isn't it? Just stand still. I got to do something. Don't I got to do, I got to, I got to move. I got to start making something happen. That's what Abraham thought. You remember Abraham who God said, stand still, Abraham, and I'll give you a son. And Abraham's wife, Sarah, came to him and said, God hasn't done this yet, so maybe you should marry someone else and have a child with them, and that'll be your child. So Abraham did his best to help God. How'd that work out? Do you know that today, the children of Ishmael and the children of Isaac still fight? They're still at war? Still. Why? Because... The sons of Ishmael, Ishmael is a picture of the flesh. And the sons of Isaac, Isaac, the Bible says, is a picture of the spirit. What does the Bible say the spirit and the flesh do? They fight. And so that's what they've been doing ever since. So did Abraham help God out? It didn't didn't work. Sometimes the hardest thing for us to learn how to do is to sit down 
shut up and listen. And if God don't say, go, it means sit still. Be still and know that I am God. But Lord, not quiet, listen, and know. See the salvation of your Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear, be dismayed tomorrow. You go out, for the Lord is with you. Now Jehoshaphat, he bowed his head and with his face to the ground, and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Hey, all right, God says this is what we're supposed to do, and let's just praise him. Let's worship him. Let's give him thanks. Let's love God. And that's what they did. They offered up their sacrifice of praise. Then the Levites, the children of the Kohathites, the children of the Korahites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. They were excited to praise God. So they rose early in the morning and they went to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you will prosper. He said, Listen, there's three armies out there. Just on the other side of that valley, we're getting ready to go to battle. We don't have a chance. There's more of them than there is of us. No reason why we should win. No reason why this should all work out. But Jehoshaphat said, you trust your God. He's going to deliver you. Those three armies don't know it yet, but they don't have a chance. They don't have a chance because the battle is the Lord's. And that's the point. The battle is the Lord's. And so when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. Did you hear what he did? He just put the worship team in front of the army. He took the people who sing, people who praise. They're out there with the guitar. They're out there with their drums. They're out there with their instruments. Now what's that going to do when the rushing horde with their swords and spears comes up over the top? I don't know. You might get away with one El Cabong, but a guitar blows apart pretty easy. Those things, they're they're not something that you need for battle, are they? But look, they offer their sacrifice of praise. What did they sing? Praise the Lord, for His mercy endures forever. We sang that song tonight. Praise the Lord, for His mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. What happened? Guys, the, the people went out praising the Lord, the worship team going in front of them. They're not trying any military strategy. They're going into battle, singing, praising God, trusting Him, and it confounded the enemy. 
Do you know it still does that today? You praise the Lord when you oughtn't, and it confounds the enemy. You know him, his name's Satan, was Lucifer. The Bible says that his body is a musical instrument. Some people from that, they, they purport that he was a worship leader in heaven. His pipes and his timbrels all built into his body. And what did he desire? Praise for himself. And so here's Satan and his armies coming against God's people. And when God's people praise, but they all lose their mind. And one army kills the other army. And then the two armies that are left kill each other. Children of Israel didn't even fight. Didn't pick up a sword. Didn't throw a spear. All they did is go in after the battle and pick up all the, all the, the spoils. The battle belongs to the Lord. And how did they receive the victory? They were thankful. They offered a sacrifice of praise. They praised God. He brought the victory. They praised God in the, in the good times and the bad. God brought the victory. The lesson for us tonight, guys, as we take a look at that, it's, it's simple. They named that valley the Valley of Bracha. It means the Valley of Blessing. The Valley of Praise. Because that was the place that they came and sang unto the Lord, and the Lord gave them the victory. Hey, tomorrow we're going to all celebrate. We're going to eat a big old fat turkey, more than we ought to eat. Good. Good. It's okay. It's okay. But in whatever we do, let's offer that sacrifice of thanksgiving, that sacrifice of praise. Tonight, here's what we're going to do to close out. We're going to sing a song. Fritz is going to make his way back up and and we're going to play a worship song. After that worship song, Fritz is going to keep playing, just instrumental. And this is what I want you to do. I want you, while we're standing for that last song, bow your head and verbalize your prayer or your, your prayer of thanksgiving to God. Don't bow your head and say it in your head because if, if you work like I do, when I bow my head, I'm going to say the first couple sentences and then... The only thing that saves me when I pray is to pray out loud. I'm not saying <coughs> everybody needs to hear you. Just, just, you know, vocalize. Don't have to be loud. Just vocalize your prayer of thanksgiving to God while we pray that instrumental part. And then after we, we play that instrumental part, we'll close out with a song of thanksgiving. We'll go right over there into the foyer and eat as much pie as we can eat before we leave. Everybody game? All right, why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for world of loss 
sinner's worst name. So I cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged So despised by the world Has a wondrous attraction for me For the dear Lamb of God Left his glory above To bear it to dark Calvary so I cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it someday cross stained with blood so divine has a wondrous beauty I see for it was on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to bear it to dark Calvary So I cherish the old rugged cross Till my trophies at last lay down I will cling to the old rugged cross And exchange it some.
secret king Oh holy king How can I honor you right Sacred friend, oh holy friend, I don't take what you did like friendship instead of disgrace. For it's a mystery of universe. You're the God of holiness Yet you welcome souls like me It's a blessing of Father's heart Discipline the one you love It's kindness in your majesty Jesus, those who recognize your Those who recognize your power Know just how wonderful you are you draw near Let you draw near Sacred friend, oh holy friend, I don't take what you did like. Friendship instead of disgrace, history of universe, you're the God.
second moment express thanksgiving to God Just this week, Lord, help us to have hearts of thanksgiving. Lord, as they testified, Lord, uh, through every trial, through every testing, Lord, that you are taking us and you are perfecting that work in each and every one of us, Lord. You are teaching us endurance and perseverance, Lord, through the trials, Lord. You are building men and women of character, Lord God. Lord, to that glory that we will see you and that we will be known as you are known, Lord, for we would know you as you really are. Lord, that's our desire, that we would be seen by you and, and that you would say, well done and good faithful servant, Lord. Lord, I bless this food, Lord. Bless our fellowship, Lord. And just bless us tomorrow, Lord. Help us to recognize opportunities, Lord, to share your love with our family, Lord. And uh, that we would show love, Lord, that uh, our life would reflect a testimony that we have been with you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.